This podcast is made possible by Workday and U.S. Bank. Hello, this is Stefan Parrott, CFO of KCG Holdings, and you are listening to the CFO Thought Leader Podcast. This is episode 366. Market Media, this is CFO Thought Leader, where we speak to finance leaders about driving change within their organizations. On today's show, we speak to John Orlando, CFO of Centage, the cloud-based software company that makes Budget Maestro software. John knows something about the needs of financial departments with inside small to mid-sized firms, having helped grow Centage from a mere six-person organization to over 100 today. Our discussion with John begins after these words from our sponsor. Just as a house needs a good foundation, your business needs a solid technology foundation. At Workday, a different approach to finance technology is giving growing mid-size organizations a distinct advantage. Workday's flexible architecture means that when business conditions change, finance can easily make changes to business processes. To learn more about how a finance system from Workday supports mid-size organizations from the ground up, visit us at Workday.com. Workday, built for the future. Things sort of paved the way for me in, in uh, 
made me realize that I had made the, uh, the right choice. Uh, early on, just doing regular uh, accounting stuff for a smaller company, you come to realize that, you know, you can take the path of uh, being a, a transactional accountant, so to speak, and worry about the debits and credits and, and uh, reconciliations and, and that sort of stuff. But I was always more fascinated with um, how the business worked uh, and how the business worked in relation to uh, finance. So that was really the first thing that um, really got me interested in uh, the finance perspective. And fast forward, uh, fast forward a few years and um, I was working for a, a much larger company, a company that was about a $350 million uh, company in sales. We had locations all over the country and uh, more or less concentrated on uh, financial planning and analysis, again, instead of traditional transactional accounting. And I think that's at the point where I realized that um, on the finance side, you can make a, uh, a much bigger difference to an organization if you're well-rounded from the standpoint of understanding what happens in operations, what happens in uh, marketing, what happens in sales, what happens in development, and so forth. And from my perspective, um, I would take that kind of job every day over a transactional accounting position, simply because you're, you're now dealing with um, every aspect of the business, which is uh, something that I think is terrific. I happen to think uh, that type of accounting is, uh, is the best accounting in the world because it gets you involved with every aspect in what's happening with the business and gives you the opportunity to make, um, uh, to make a change in the business. Okay, now, did you, you, you've been at Scentage for some time. I'm wondering if you arrived and came up through the ranks to the CFO office, or how did you I've arrive I've been there? with Scentage just about 14 years. Uh, we are uh, 100 people right now. When I got here, uh, there was only six of us, and I was the only accounting person, and there wasn't a lot of accounting to do, uh, but, you know, we set up accounting processes and so forth, and in my spare time, I would uh, learn the product uh, that we were selling, actually train people uh, on the product, uh, get involved in human resources, and uh, going from a much larger company to a much smaller company and uh, dealing directly with all of these issues was even more interesting than being on the periphery of, uh, in a bigger company of of what's happening in sales and marketing and HR and, and so forth and so on. In a smaller company, you're you're right in the battle. You're seeing everything that's happening. And again, uh, the good part is that um, you can make a uh, a positive impact on the company because your interests are varied and you're interested in marketing and HR and sales and development and so forth. Okay, so um, what's interesting is from a very early six people you mentioned when you arrived, and one happens to be a finance expert. No surprise, perhaps, given the nature of the software and the market you're, you're targeting. But, uh, John, did you consider going the large enterprise route for those CFOs who might someday face a similar uh, decision? What is it that you saw that you could sink your teeth into? What is it that 
uh, why didn't you take the other path? I think this is this is my personal opinion. Um, I think in everyone's professional career, there is a place for a uh, larger company and a place for a smaller company. Uh, and again, I had been before coming to Centage, I had been in a company that had roughly it was a seasonal business, but we had on average about 1,200 people. Um, it was a direct mail company. It was a terrific business. Made a ton of money. Uh, the company did that is uh, all sorts of perks and, and all that kind of stuff. But I had been there close to about 14 years also. Uh, then the company went public, and um, my thinking was, why don't I take everything that I've learned and um, translate that into a, uh, a smaller company where I think my experience can have a, uh, a bigger impact. So I, I really I really do believe that uh, there are points in your professional career where um, you enjoy working in a larger organization, and then there are points in your career where you actually do enjoy working in a smaller organization. I want to – I'm curious. You mentioned how you uh, obviously wore many hats along the way here over the last 13 years. Um, as it grew to this 100-person organization, I'm wondering – if uh, there were certain milestones where, and I don't know, where you hired a controller perhaps or where you hired a, a manager for HR, uh, are those, um, do you think of those as milestones along the way today or what would you tell us about some of the important members of the team that were added as the company grew? Yeah, some, some of the things that obviously you move to a point there where you can't, know everything and you and you can't do any uh, everything and that and that comes I don't want to say pretty quickly but it came after about uh, four or five years so uh, we did hire as um, cash became more important we hired a collections person as billings became more complicated we hired uh, billing people AP person um, uh, controller um, to do a lot of the day-to-day -day transactional stuff, but also um, I'm always looking, because of my experience, whenever we do hire someone, I'm always looking for a person that uh, is looking to do more than just accounting, so a person that wants to get involved in all aspects of the, of the organization, because I think that makes uh, those people more well-rounded uh, they can get up from their desk if there's a question and have no problems with going to speak uh, to the VP of sales or the VP of marketing or so forth because their, their curiosity, when they see something comes across their desk, uh, they'll know whether it's right, right, wrong, or indifferent. And they, I think they need to have the curiosity to say, well, I need to get up and actually go speak to this person because my understanding is this should be this way as opposed to, to the way that I'm seeing it. So. Um, over the uh, past six or seven years, we have hired um, a full staff, uh, AP, AR, controller, billing, uh, um, HR, and so forth. And, again, I'm looking for people that want to be um, have a functional area but are curious about how a business works and are curious about how this particular business works. I think they just add much more value. So let's find out a little bit about the offerings that Centage has today. And I, I mentioned earlier uh, Budget Maestro, 
certainly uh, finance executives and some accountants out there who have been at conferences may have uh, come across your your booth or your presence often there, your marketing teams out there for sure. I know, I think I have a, a, a budget maestro pen somewhere around here. But uh, mm-hmm. for those sure marketing, uh, finance executives who may not be familiar, what what are the offerings today? Well, we're, the, the um, offerings are, are simply um, software in the cloud and professional services. The things that separate us from the competition is the fact that we are uh, we're pre-built. We have all of the business logic built into the product, and by that I mean we're able to take uh, different entities, uh, whether it be departments or companies or, or, or corporations, and roll everything together and consolidate. That's on the operational side. On the financial side, the thing that separates us from everybody else is the fact that um, we have financial logic built in whereby as you're creating your expense budget or your revenue budget or your fixed asset budget um, or your personnel budget, we take the extra step because of the built-in logic and we're actually creating not only an income statement for you but automatically creating a balance sheet, and a cash flow. Now, if you're doing this in, uh, in Excel, and Excel has its, has its place in, in the financial world, if you're doing this in, in Excel or with um, most of our competitors, you're doing, uh, you're doing one, one-offs. And by that, I mean you're creating a lot of formulas to take information from the income statement and develop a balance sheet and taking income statement and balance sheet information and developing a cash flow. With our product, the thing I love about it, and I've been using this for uh, 14 years, is um, as you're building each transaction, each transaction is creating an income statement, a balance sheet, and a cash flow. So you never have to worry about having your uh, your three key financial reports separated by uh, doing them individually. We do everything together, and we do it at a transaction level in the way I think of it is you get your three financial re- reports for the price of one because as you create your income statement, you're also creating your balance sheet and your cash flow every single time you do it, which I think is just a huge, a huge benefit. Although not impossible to do in Excel, it's difficult and it's time-consuming, and we just take that, we take that difficulty and uh, time frame away by doing that for you uh, instantaneously. I'm curious. Now, turn back the clock. Was this the uh, the product that, you know, an earlier uh, generation of this product that was being sold, uh, you know, 13 years ago? Or has it has the offerings really evolved quite a bit, I would imagine? The, the, offering, the offerings have evolved. The functionality has increased, obviously, o- over the past 14 years. But the, but the core tenants of income statement balance sheet and cash flow have been there from uh, from the beginning and we've simply built on that uh, and made it more user friendly and and uh, more robust over the years now was it a, a subscription model which it makes me think probably not way back when or did it evolve no. into that it, it evolved into that over the past couple of years we were we were simply a uh, an on-premise uh, business at that point. Okay, what fun? Because to be honest, 
the period of time this company grew, uh, that had to sneak up on you pretty quickly, which is what we're talking about is the cloud and that, that whole type of model. So here you are a finance leader of an on-premise solution, and your whole business model is about to change shortly after your arrival, or you see it coming, I have to believe. Right. It, we see it coming. And there Correct. are much larger organizations, of course, giant enterprise software companies that have had to do this. But, my gosh, they're a lot bigger. They have more people. They have, uh, you know, perhaps more resources to, to uh, throw at it. What, you know, can you tell us a little bit about when you saw it coming? Where do you, what do you begin doing? Studying the model, yeah, understanding we, better, what, uh, how you're going to make money, subscription wise. Yeah, we saw, we saw, yeah, we saw it, we saw it coming uh, probably about three, three and a half years ago, four years ago, um, and started started to ramp up uh, from there. So there's, you know, there's the aspects of, of marketing and sales. How do you sell this thing? Uh, and obviously. Uh, going from on uh, on prem to subscription, you've got a, a huge component on the on the development side. But um, I had never worked in a subscription business before, so the terminology is new. Uh, you know, there's revenue recognition. There's making sure you're gap compliant with revenue recognition. There's um, uh, you know churn, uh, retention rate, uh, cost to acquire a, com- a customer. Uh, monthly recurring revenue, annual recurring revenue. Those are sort of all the buzzwords, all the new buzzwords that we had to learn in um, in pretty quick fashion in order to uh, make sure that uh, we understood what we were doing as a business. And um, your P&L obviously takes a hit because uh, if you're an on-prem business, what you sell essentially becomes uh, recognized as net sales immediately as opposed to if you're selling a three-year deal or a two-year deal or a four-year deal or a five-year deal, that's, that, that revenue is recognized over the lifespan of the contract. So if you have a, uh, a $36,000 deal, and just to make the arithmetic easy for me, if you have a $36,000 deal um, in an on-premise business, you're – uh, revenue or your net sales for the month is 36000 as opposed to if you have a $36,000 12-month subscription, it's only $3,000 in net sales. And that, that has a funky way of playing with the, uh, with the income statement, so it looks much different than um, it does under an on-premise. So I want I want to I want to ask you another question in regards to this because I think a lot of finance leaders uh, experience in small companies often uh, they, they don't have all the expertise to turn to in house and they have to get it. How did you get your you, you know sort of SaaS smarts? Uh, how did you uh, go from being an on premise CFO to a to a SaaS CFO? And uh, I'm being honest with you, I, I have to believe that had to be a challenge. Was it? Uh, where did you find it? Where did you uh, look at all the variations as to how you're going to adopt this new way of looking at the business? We have uh, a network of um, people that help us. You know, we reach out to a lot of people. And also, again, uh, I don't want to sound modest, but you can't do this by yourself. So you have to have the team has to buy into the into the process, and we have to learn together uh, about how to change uh, make a 180 change in terms of 
what the business looks like and how you account for, uh, for the business on the on the finance side. So uh, there are currently six or seven of us, and you know you just you look stuff up and you buy books. And, so is there a consultant, uh, a, a third-party advising firm? I wouldn't. I I, I would be surprised no. if there wasn't. There wasn't. No, no. I mean, we we were we were actually uh, too small, but we have a we have a great network of of um, uh, people that we deal with, and you know they have been through this before, and they help us along the way. And, and then again, a lot of it is um, the people that are actually doing the work have to have the initiative to uh, to want to learn how to uh, exist in a different uh, in a different business environment, and especially. Um, it looks sort of strange from an income statement uh, perspective of what the business looks like um, when you're doing this. So you have to you have to take a look at not only the income statement and understand that your net sales at some point are going to um, be recognized exponentially as you as the company gets bigger and you add more and more customers on and retain customers and so forth. But you look to the balance sheet side, and and uh, obviously I'm, I I don't think I'm telling you something you don't know. Whatever isn't recognized gets gets uh, posted to this deferred revenue. So you got to keep track of uh, your deferred revenue account and make sure you recognize it out of deferred revenue into net sales. But it's a it's a whole different way of uh, of looking at the business on a um, on an on-prem business. You can be Paper-wise, gap-wise, you can be profitable doing the same amount of bookings in a subscription business. Your financials will look unprofitable until you um, until you gain some uh, mass and and have enough customers. So you already uh, sort of, I think, exposed some of the metrics that are important to you, but uh, recurring revenue, clearly, in a SaaS model, customer retention. What, what are the numbers you're looking at, really? Well, you're, you're, you're looking at your retention rate um, uh, should be uh, in the low 90s. Um, you know, MRR, it, it, it's dependent on, you know, what stage – what stage of uh, life you are in your um, in your transition from on-premise to um, uh, to subscription? Ideally, we'd like to be um, at a couple of million dollars a month uh, for MRR. We're uh, not there yet, but uh, everything we do uh, on a daily basis uh, we do to get to that point to make the company uh, more valuable. We've been uh, many SaaS CFOs have told us that uh, one of the dividends of the SaaS model is that they're suddenly so focused on the customer and they have they're, they're acquiring new insights and understanding as to how to measure that type of relationship. Would you uh, mm-hmm. would you echo that or what would you tell us about that? Yeah, I would I'd obviously subscribe to the business because that because that is the that is the lifeblood of the business. You need you need your customers to be happy, and you need your customers to stay with you. So, if they're happy, they're going to they're going to stay with you. So, we have a um, a gentleman who's our VP of Customer Experience Group, and uh, what they do is they do the training and they measure uh, at many points along the way to make sure that the 
that the training and, and professional services they provide uh, are uh, state-of-the-art. Um, additionally, uh, they're always checking uh, with the customer to make sure that the customer is happy. You know, so we can we can quote uh, statistics on retention rate for uh, people that have been with us one year, two years, three years, and so forth. So obviously, you want that number to be um, in the low 90s. Uh, that builds your customer base and that guarantees success. So the happier the happier your customers are, obviously, the more successful you're going to be. And that's a that in our type of business, that's a direct correlation. Do you view yourself as having uh, a role in helping drive growth? Which I don't think you're going to say no. You're, you're part of the story there. But uh, is it true that you believe the finance role in SaaS organizations that CFOs have a, a, a bigger opportunity to help drive growth because of their understanding of the customer relationship and where it needs to be improved, where it can be uh, accelerated, whatever it might be. Yeah, and, and, and I think, if you know, we can, we can speak directly about, you know, the relationship with the customers, which is uh, very, very important, and we can, you know, we can help in making sure that happens, but also, um, I think the role of the of the CFO over the years has changed. Where uh, now, I think you need someone uh, like we had mentioned before. I think you need someone that is interested in uh, not just the finance aspect of the company, but uh, making sure that you're um, in touch with your VP of customer support, making sure you're. Um, close to your VP of sales, making sure you're, uh, you're close to development personnel and marketing personnel and uh, customer experience personnel. So, again, um, I, I think, the, I think the, the more time you spend understanding the business and developing uh, relationships with other functional areas can only help. You're learning from them, and hopefully they're, they're learning from you. Okay. We always like to ask for a finance strategic moment, and by that we mean uh, sort of a unique moment of insight that you experienced as a finance leader, and it led you to either uh, look at the world a little differently, allowed you to identify a risk or an opportunity, whatever it may have been. Does anything come to mind? Yeah, I, I think um, I, I think the opportunity for me was – uh, at Centage, um, and had and it really had taken about uh, three or four years to to come to that moment. Then it then it sort of comes upon you very quickly. Uh, by that I mean, uh, again, we were we were fairly small, and I was responsible for all of the budgeting, all of the forecasting, and and so forth. So, um, you know, then I then I realized that if you don't get buy-in from uh, the other VPs, the other leaders of the company, then they're just numbers on a piece of paper that you've created as opposed to working in a partnership with um, with the different functional areas. And, and I think um, probably for the past uh, 10 years that uh, that has been the case. Again, we went, uh, we went it alone, uh, so to speak, 
the first four or five years and, and then said, you know what, We've, we need to get buy-in uh, from everybody in the company. Uh, everyone has to know what our ultimate goal is, and everyone has to participate with uh, their input so that they understand what the corporate goal is and individually on the finance side, we, under, we need to understand how they are going to make their goal. Okay. All right. Um, John, I want to ask you about – I should have touched on this a little earlier, but what is the target, the size target customer uh, percentage is, is looking to sell to? We, we can go anywhere from – because of the uniqueness of the uh, software, we're comfortable at um, – 25 to 50 million dollars, all the way up to 250 million dollars. Again, uh, the uniqueness of having uh, the financial logic and operational logic built in. The other great thing is, um, you know, uh, we talked about how you can uh, consolidate uh, different divisions within uh, within a corporation, and also your if you're on a smaller scale. If you're on the 25 to 50 million dollar range and you don't have, um, say, at 25 million dollars, you don't have a uh, someone that's done a lot of budgeting before, uh, you don't need to be a financial whiz uh, to use the software, because the software is uh, very user friendly, um, and the software actually does all of the debits and credits for you in the background and. And if you had no concept of what a debit and a credit was, we're actually we're actually doing the accounting to the debit and credit uh, transaction for you in the background. That's how we're building uh, your income statement, your balance sheet, and your cash flow. So, and, and I'm wondering. I mean, for other, and we know there are, are different uh, budgeting softwares out there, of course. But you folks are coming in. Maybe those are for larger enterprises, and you folks are coming. You're saying, you know what, uh, business is so sophisticated today that smaller companies really need a better option, even though they don't have all the uh, finance smarts necessarily. So we're going to create a budgeting software that can be more easily adopted for those those smaller firms that are experiencing a lot of the budgeting pains but don't want to take on a more sophisticated application. Correct. That, that's correct. And, and even, um, you know, the other thing I can tell you is that um, in my last position, we used uh, Excel exclusively, and um, I mean, that's what uh, a lot of people still do. And, and when your boss says, you know, I need uh, iteration number seven uh, on the budget, you know, it's, it's manpower, and you, and you just have to say, and you, and you just have to get it done as opposed to uh, the great thing about uh, the Budget Maestro product is those changes can be done very, very quickly because of the uh, intelligence built into the software. Now, is there a – would this uh, compete with QuickBooks or overlap with QuickBooks offerings? No. Quick, uh, QuickBooks, my understanding is QuickBooks does not have a, a, um, a very robust uh, budgeting solution. So uh, what you can do is, um, and what we have done in the past for people, is simply take your, um, your actual information as it occurs on a monthly basis, 
download, downloaded from either QuickBooks or Great Plains or uh, other general ledger systems, drop it into Budget Maestro where your plan is, and then do all of your variance reporting, actual versus plan versus last year and so forth. So we make it, we make it easy. It, it's a tool that we want you to use um, on a daily, weekly basis instead of just once a year. So it would not be uncommon to find a, uh, you know, a $40 million company that's operating on QuickBooks as well as Budget Maestro. Positively. That, that, would, be, that would be the ideal situation. Thought Leader listeners, don't go anywhere. We're going to ask John Orlando to enter the mentoring round after these words from our sponsor. You want smart, clear, and honest guidance to help you meet the financial goals of your middle market business. With U.S. Bank, you have a partner who will help you find the right solutions to help your organization reduce payment costs, enhance control, improve cash flow, and expand your spend visibility. U.S. Bank's dedication to making ethical decisions and doing the right thing is at the heart of what they do, and their efforts haven't gone unnoticed. They've been named a 2017 World's Most Ethical Company for the third consecutive year by the Ethisphere Institute. To learn more, visit uspayment.com slash middle market. Want to get to our mentoring round where we get to ask you several quick questions intended to inspire and uh, mentor uh, future finance leaders. What's one thing that's exciting you about finance and business today? Oh, I think, I think, um, I think everything. The rules are changing so quickly. You know, you have to understand have to understand the um, the gap uh, implications, but the way business changes on a daily basis is that that's really the exciting thing. You know, from uh, going from on-premise to to subscription, um, reforecasting. You know, doing a new plan, looking out into the future. Uh, you know, what do we want to do next year? What do we want to improve on? Um, you know, what do we want our sales goals to be? How do we get there? So every I, I think I think if you're a finance person, everything in the in the finance area uh, is exciting because there are so many things happening with so many different uh, functional areas within the company. What do you wish someone had told you at the start of your CFO career? Ah, I would I wish someone had told me that um, um, it would have been this interesting. Uh, again, looking from the outside in. People might think that it's a, uh, a fairly boring job. Uh, you come to work and you're just working with numbers all day long and, and so forth. But it's really, uh, I wish I had known uh, many years ago that uh, getting into the uh, guts of the business, so to speak, and understanding how the business works from a finance perspective and not just doing financial equations uh, could be as interesting as it is. John, uh, I'm aware you're based in Boston, but I think our listeners might have a clue as well from your accent. What would you yes. tell us? Have you, uh, did you ever contemplate leaving uh, the, the Boston area, the Northeast, uh, to build your career? And uh, if not, you know, what was some of your reasoning? Well, 
Now, on a personal basis, I've had the opportunity to uh, go to uh, California on a couple of uh, couple of occasions. But I think the, um, uh, from my perspective, is that uh, you know we wanted to stay close to family and and uh, also thought that uh, this is a uh, terrific place to uh, to have your roots. Um, you know, it's it, it's as simple as that. Is there a personal habit you believe has contributed to your professional success? Oh, I think it's I think it's um, just being focused and you know there's a, there's an old saying that um, the hardest part of work is is uh, showing up every day and uh, I think if you're focused and uh, you're here uh, and try to understand what's going on, uh, I, I think those are a couple of keys to success because things are. You know, you just got to stick with things. Things aren't always uh, perfect. Things don't always go as planned. Uh, and just stay focused and uh, try to meet your objectives. Is there a book you'd recommend to aspiring finance leaders? Well, there is. I'm. I'm. Um, we're working currently with a uh, with a company um, to change our compensation plans for the um, for the sales team. And um, as part of that conversation, uh, the uh, gentleman that I was um, speaking with sent me a sent me a book called "Game the Plan," and it's simply a look at uh, compensation plans from a sales rep's perspective um, and what they think about uh, when they're selling. And I think that helps us to to sort of um, think about what we want behavior to be and how to drive behavior to be uh, to coexist with the objectives that we have as a company. So I think it's a, um, I think it's a pretty interesting book, um, and I'm glad that he sent it. Yeah, it's uh, Chris Cabrera, who uh, works for another software company. We don't have to mention. <laughs> but exactly, exactly, Corp, uh, which, of course, is big on sales instead of software and what have you. We want to wrap up things, and we always ask at the very end, what are your priorities over the next 12 months? Well, I, I think I think our priorities are like all um, subscription, subscription-based companies, and that is, you know, be cognizant of where you are with your uh, monthly recurring revenue, your deferred revenue, uh, your retention rates, and obviously cash. So, so we try to concentrate uh, quite a bit on the on the key metrics that uh, that drive success in the company. John Orlando, thank you for joining us on CFO Thought. You're welcome, Jack. Thank you. Thank you for listening, and don't forget, Thought Leader listeners, you can now go premium at cfothoughtleader.com.